How do they do it? <laughs> so that was supposed to be a didgeridoo and not a dying whale. <laughs> the following program is rated BBMALSA. It contains strong language, sexual situations, awesomeness, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Listener indiscretions are advised. Welcome to our Bliss Bringers podcast. The materials we cover encourage adults of all ages, nationalities, and sexualities to open up and embrace their wildest desires and blissful pleasures. You won't find medical advice here, just our personal experiences following the journey of sexual evolution and education in sizzling fun topics that were definitely not taught to us in school, but have wickedly blossomed into reality. We discuss adventures in ethical non-monogamy, kinks and fetishes, exotic places to visit, sexy events, workshops, and tips allow us to seduce you into embarking on new adventures where each day you ask yourself what's your pleasure and welcome everybody to another episode of Blitzbringers. i am john with me is my lovely wife i'm mistress cindy and the captain and the professor are up gallivanting on boats and doing stuff like that wait a minute they're getting ready for winter yeah winter is setting in winterfell so I don't know, maybe they're frozen or something like that. You never know in Toronto what the weather's going to be like. I know it's chilly. Whereas we just got back from Down Under. So how was that? Anytime I go Down Under, it's always good. <laughs> I always like going there, but I really miss Australia. We started our fun adventures and planning way before we got on the airplane. We were pinging people on Lifestyle Lounge and FetLife and KCD because we wanted to connect with some fellow kinksters and swingers and all those lovely alternative lifestylers over in Australia. Make new friends and do a review and stuff. I noticed before we left that it was sort of hard to find anything major going on in terms of swing clubs in Australia. FetLife was the best one for alternative lifestyles. Yeah, I tried Lifestyle Lounge. Lifestyle Lounge didn't have any events. But we did connect to some nice people over there in, in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Sydney. It was kind of strange. Yeah. Think of Sydney as, you know, they have massive parties during Gay Pride Week. And they have a very open sexuality acceptance for gays. However... This trip actually made things very surprisingly clear that all alternative lifestyles are not accepted. It's It really surprised me, knowing that Australians are spawned from convicts and we'll just say the massive partiers, the British partiers that got caught and kicked their asses over to populate Australia. So when I think of that, I was surprised what Puritans they are. They have a conservative revival going on or something like that. Conservative if you see revival. The laws that have been passed there could almost be called American. Every time I was looking for on-prem clubs, I couldn't find any, but I found lots of brothels. Pay for sex? It's very acceptable. But hey, if I'm a consenting adult and I want to have sex with someone's husband or his wife, no, no, only if you're going to pay for it, honey. I was really not happy with the lack of swingers. However, there's the BDSM kink scene. That was completely different. Now that was friendly community and open arms. I met someone at a Las Vegas event in July. 
And he was willing to connect us with his very good friends over in the BDSM kink. And he didn't know us. And he was willing to do the whole introduction. When we flew from Sydney to Gold Coast and Miss Evil Jen in Georgia, they greeted us like they had known us for years. That, that was amazing. They had big smiles. They were holding up signs. Felt like coming home almost. I know. You got to give those kudos to the uh, the Australian BDSM kink folks because they were really super welcoming. And it just wasn't those two because we went to the Gold Coast Munch, right? Yep. Everybody there was very open, very inviting and, and friendly. You had to dress like a vanilla. But it was in a vanilla location, so it's sort of normal. Yeah, they definitely want to blend in with the community. Not like here in San Francisco where everyone doesn't give a fuck what you're wearing. She, she could walk down the street naked and someone's like, oh, that's just Stan. Don't worry. <laughs> He's harmless. The people were fantastic. Miss yep. Jen had a new little playmate. Do you remember the young girl? Mm -hmm. The 20-something, 20 20-year-old 20 girl? She was mesmerized and twinkle-eyed with Miss Jen. I'm thinking, my gosh. Mr. T in Los Angeles wasn't kidding. All the young girls love Miss Jen. <laughs> yeah. Like lambs to the slaughter. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so uh, the munch was good. We met some new people. Got some great pictures. When we got picked up at the airport, we actually went to the rental car. And John, for the first time, started driving with the steering wheel on the passenger side. Yeah. Talk about a mind fuck. <laughs> Oh, I loved it. You just jet lag, get off there, and they're like, oh, what the fuck? They put the steering wheel in the wrong side, and everybody's driving on the wrong side. These people are crazy. Don't they know this is dangerous? So we're driving around, and John is following Miss Evil Jen in Georgia <laughs> back to the Evil Girls headquarters where yeah. we interviewed him. And we experienced a rainfall, lightning and thunder. And the little birdies tweeting. <laughs> Whatever. I don't, do, do birds in Australia tweet or do they do this something else? I don't know. I'll have to look that up. It's the kookaburras, babe. Do, do they cuckoo? I, I have no idea. Anyhow, we did the interview, which you will hear a little bit later on. What did we do afterwards? Oh, we went and packed up our stuff when we headed up to Brisbane. They were doing a kinky play party. It's called Fetish Empire. Oh my gosh. I think the hostess... She had the most gorgeous latex outfit and the most beautiful body, by the way. But uh, she was gorgeous. I really like the layout of their club. I think upstairs, we should have turned that into a sex scene, don't you think? They had beds up there. They also had a big dance floor and, and like a separate disco. Yeah. Which was also the this, this smoking area or something like that. And they had stripper poles and you could you can dance dirty. You can do everything in that club except have penetration sex. All the BDSM and kink. Hmm. I had heard. Now, I guess we could have tried it out, but I didn't want to be those rude American Belgian people that come over here and fuck in a club that doesn't allow it. And I didn't want to ask. We fit in quite well. Yeah, because we're in the BDSM kink scene. We could talk their language. We practiced some rope on each other. That was fun. Yeah. I think this is the first time that I've ever had you do that in a club. In I mean, we practice at home. Yeah. That was hot, by the way. Mm -hmm. How come we didn't go further? Or was those spankings that I see you inflict on your victims? I want to try some of that stuff out. Okay, we can do that. It was hot. I remember you tying me up and I had an opportunity to watch Miss Genevieve flogging Georgia and spanking her and teasing her. And it was very sexy watching those two. And she did also a suspension on somebody else. Too. Oh my gosh. 
She did a little rope dance. She is good. Oh, Miss Evil Jen, she definitely got my kitty juices purring because I got to say, I have never seen a woman do sensual rope bondage the way that Genevieve does. I, she was hot. I'll play sub for Miss Genevieve for a few minutes and then I'll have to take over. <laughs> that will be interesting to watch. Here's my fantasy. I actually want Georgia and Genevieve. Georgia's hot too. She had that cute little sundress. They had those big, beautiful smiles. And oh, those Australian accents. Two women with Aussie accents. Oh, God. I think every American girl is an accent slut. I'll admit. I'll admit. But it's not just the accent. It's the personality. Mm -hmm. The two of them turn me on. Mm-hmm. Why did we have to go home so early? Maybe I could have somehow convinced them to drink and I could have taken advantage of them. And <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. That's the swinger coming out of me. All righty. There was also other fun stuff to watch. The regular spankings, single tails, flogging. They flog people just as well done under as we do over here. Yeah, I was feeling jet lagged. The next day, we slept in, and then afterwards, we went back to Evil Headquarters. Yeah, because Evil Girls, they have rope clinics. Where Miss Jen does her trainings. They live at their location, but it is mostly converted into a dungeon slash play area and a great area for holding her clinics. And she has a lot of monthly events. She's pulling the community together. It's a big warehouse with... Lots of tools available. Georgia makes those toys, by the way. Yeah, that was impressive. St. Andrew's crosses, all the stuff. And, and like the suspension thing. The suspension. Yep. Yeah, she did a fantastic job. Basically, we saw everybody from beginners who just started learning to tie like a simple chest harness to people who were doing self-suspension, self-suspension yeah. in couples. And... Do you see that couple? Yeah, that was hot. That was interesting. Yeah. Looked a little bit dangerous. I saw her tying her knots, and she did a great job. She's a young girl, 27, 28 years old, had been playing with ropes for a couple of years now. She had to have been a gymnast. That girl was doing some beautiful moves. Yeah, she was a rope bunny for sure. And her uh, master, whoever he is, he was pretty hot looking. <laughs> I could have done them too. Down, girl, down. <laughs> Think about that weekend, just that weekend alone, what we were able to achieve through just knowing people, meeting people in our alternative lifestyle. We met Australia's master of ropes, Shibari Rope, Genevieve and Georgia opened up their home to us. Mm -hmm. We're strangers and they spent not one hour, not just one day, but two full days and took us to a great party. Yep. That says a lot for the network of alternative lifestylers that we have. That's a trust that if it was just a vanilla world, if you met some guy off the street and he said, hey, I'm going to Australia, would you offer to introduce him to your really good friend? No, I wouldn't. I'd be thinking, I don't know if this guy or this girl's going to be crazy. I'd say, oh, yeah, I know someone, but I wouldn't be introducing them. We we had an awesome opportunity and learned a lot of skills. Yes, we did. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, interesting thing about Ms. Jen is you could see the different influences of the different rope mentors, if you can say it. Mm-hmm. And how she spins her own tail on that is pretty interesting. I saw a little of Midori in her. Yes. Midori has the duck. What's the duck? The duck is the fingers that grab the rope. Whereas... She, when you're pulling it through the knot. Yeah. Whereas she uses the finger hook or the crochet hook. Genevieve uses the crochet hook. Which was sort of funny to watch. So when you're pulling 
you know, you're taking the rope around someone's body, there's a point where you're going to need to tie it off or helps you change directions and it makes decorative ornamental looks and it also helps tighten down your your stunt bunny, your rope bunny. Mm -hmm. And so when you're pulling the rope through, number one rule is always make sure to control the rope. And by doing that, you can either use Midori's duckbill, where you take your two fingers, your index finger and your thumb and pull the rope through. Or Genevieve's way is the crochet hook. Take your finger and just hook it. You still have to control your speed so that you don't burn somebody with your rope or smack them in the face with the end of the rope. When I saw her do it with her finger, you know, hook like that. I'm like, oh, she's got a pro G-spot pointer. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it to you to have that the first time. <laughs> well, that's okay. Midori had the two-finger insert. I, you know, I oh, my God. It's the only way I can keep attention is thinking of sex. And so there's certain movements when I'm watching our, these masters of, oh, they're definitely pros, not just on non-sex play, but also sex play. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you did educational videos in the form of a porn or something like that. No, I'm watching Miss Genevieve and Midori. That to me is my sex porn. Okay. Hey, you didn't seem to mind when we got back to the hotel room. Of course not. Took all that sexual frustration and pent up energy. energy and took it out on you. Oh, I, no, I imagine no, you no. to be redheaded Miss Genevieve. <laughs> Okay. I always so, said your ass is like a girl's. It's smooth. It's soon, tight. <laughs> soon she'll make me wear the wig. Uh, only if you put on Major Olive's accent. I am Major Olive. <laughs> From the Gestapo <laughs> or something like that. No. Oh, my gosh. I hope Miss Evil Jen smacks you for that. <laughs> <laughs> or you could wear the wig from Midori. I will take either one of those gorgeous, sexy ladies. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when we got out of there, we took the party to our hotel room. Yeah, it was called a two person party. Yep. <laughs> I had to bless Australia. Yes, absolutely. We cannot that, that, leave that, that. a country without. Doinking. We were doinking like two high school kids. Didn't we do it in every state there? Every state. That we visited. In Australia? Providences or whatever. Territories. Things go. You know, they're regions. Okay. Hell yeah, baby. If I had enough energy, or if you had enough energy, we would (laughs) have fucked every night. (laughs) That jet lag kills you. So yeah, we we did it in every region. Cairns, Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sydney. Yep. So we blessed Australia with that. So we got the interview for you with Ms. Jen and Georgia. And talking about their protocols in the dungeon, some of their life experiences. Enjoy. I am here down under with uh, Miss Genevieve and beautiful Georgia. You want to say hello, ladies? Hello there. Hello. We are in Gold Coast, Australia, and it's gorgeous. Your beaches are beautiful, and we're having a fabulous time down here. So I wanted to tonight open it up. We wanted to do a little bit of the international spin with the two of you. We've heard quite a bit on the West Coast, and so I wanted to open it up to you. And one of our mottos is asking what your pleasure is. And so if I were to ask you both what your pleasure is, how do you identify yourself? I identify myself as a BDSM top or dominant. I guess my biggest fetish is rope play. I do a particular style of Japanese um, bondage yeah. called shibari. And other than that, my big fetishes are latex, needle play, pretty much sadism, anything, anything that it's fun. Yeah, yeah, basically anything. Okay. But certainly um, when people talk about Miss Jen, they normally think ropes because that's usually what I'm seen doing. 
And then on your Fet Life, are you Miss Genevieve? I'm Miss Evil Jen. Mm. Is my Fet Life, and that's Jen with a G because my full name is Genevieve. So I'm Miss Evil Jen on Fet Life, and I'm commonly called Miss Jen. Yeah, yeah. The evil's just drawn on. I'm not really evil's evil. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and the license plate. How about you, Georgia? Hi, I'm Georgia. As Miss Jen's slave girl, pet puppy. <laughs> Whatever I want. Whatever she wants. Pretty much that's where I, I fit into her life. I enjoy being her submissive. I enjoy doing her bidding. I enjoy the mind games to go along with that. <laughs> I don't particularly enjoy the needles. I don't particularly enjoy extreme pain. But there's levels of DS that come into play when we play that level. I give that to her because that's what her pleasure is. So so what's your favourite? Rope. Sensation play. Rope. I actually like most bondages, yes. Mummification is another thing that I, I do, do what's like. What's that? Just getting completely swaddled into any we use quite often use cloth uh, sheets just a sheet tightly round so you can't move pallet wrap duct tapes what type of sensation do you feel what are you experiencing it's that it's the helplessness i think it's the surrender and you have to find a place of peace and calm because you can't fight it obviously because you can't escape so finding that peace and calm place is is nice now, is it just Miss Genevieve that does this with you, or do you have other folks that you play with? Mainly Miss Jen. Miss, Miss involves others at times, but, but generally it's, I'm exclusive to me. Can you explain some of the protocols in the BDSM world and what it may be different between the U.S. and what you see here in Australia? Okay, well, I can't really speak for the U.S. not having been out and about in the BDSM scene over there. We'll have to get you over there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> would love to. <laughs> Georgia and I live in a 24-7 DS relationship. DS meaning dominant submissive. So, you know, at all times within our relationship, even though we are a couple in real life, I am always the dominant partner and I'm always right. Um, <laughs> actually, no, I lie. I do expect Georgia to tell me when I'm wrong, but usually preferably privately. For and our not audience in front could of see her. Georgia's over yeah. here with a smirk. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Later, with a cane in my hand. <laughs> we live a 24-7 DS or BDSM relationship. As part of that, we have protocols within our relationship that we conduct in what I require of Georgia, what sort of services I require from her, even down to how she serves me my cup of tea. But when we're out and about in the, in the BDSM scene, so we're out at play parties and things like that, there are certain general protocols that we expect everybody around us to, to stand by with regards to our relationship. And we do the same for them. Those are things like not touching unless you're specifically permitted to or asked to. It's quite often people who might see a, B, uh, a play scene happening and if they're new or they don't understand the BDSM context, I might have done rope on Georgia. We might be in the middle of a play scene. She's got rope all over her body. She's bound. She can't necessarily, she might be still standing but can't necessarily um, move her arms or anything like that. And someone will walk up and touch her and look at the ropes going, oh, wow, aren't those ropes beautiful? Can, you know, can I touch? As they stick their hands all over her. That's going to get a growl from me, guaranteed. Do you growl? Yes. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it literally may be a grrr, because that usually is a fairly good indication to people that they're overstepping a boundary. But, yeah, not touching what, what you don't own effectively. You know, I own Georgia. She's mine. Right. Not yours. Don't touch her. And it's being very aware of people's play spaces and what they're doing within the play space and not interfering with them. So don't touch. Don't stand next to someone and hold a big, loud conversation about 
the movie you went and saw yesterday while they're in the middle of a play scene because you fuck with their headspace, if I'm allowed to say that in your podcast. (laughs) Excellent. I thought I might be. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, it really, really will annoy people when you start talking right next door to them about something that's been going on. You know, respecting people's play space, respecting the dynamic between them. If you see something, don't necessarily just automatically assume that you can do the same with them. Things like that. I think that's sort of standard dungeon room etiquette. Absolutely. I often say to people, if you wouldn't do it at a pub bar, Mm -hmm. if you wouldn't do it to the person standing next to you at a bar having a drink, don't do it in a BDSM play space. It's just good manners. The little bit that I understand on the DS rules is there is communications and that it's clearly communicated and defined, you know, what their wants are. But you guys seem to have a way of meshing without a lot of communication. Do you have communicated rules in your household? Or do you have like a contract or something? We do not have a contract. And it's it's actually an ongoing joke with us. That's Um, not fair. Part of my, yes. Georgia keeps saying, it's not fair. I go, show me fair in the contract. We don't have one, miss. Exactly. Um, She can make her rules this way. Correct. And that's literally it. I don't see why I should be bound by something written down on a piece of paper. Which I could then use against her. Yeah, but miss, that's not in the contract. Well, the rule says that I can do this or whatever, whatever it is. The reality is the rules are simple as the power exchange that I give miss and she accepts that she has control over me. Yeah. And ultimately, George's out is at the point where she feels she is no longer able to give me that power. Mm. Then that relationship ends. You know, she always has the right to say no. Right. And depending on what she's saying no about depends on whether or not that's actually a deal breaker for our relationship. Um, oh, interesting. You know, she always has the power to say no. Do you see the DS relationship as part of the romantic relationship yes. or as different dimension? No, completely as part of. We are a life couple. We are partners. We are a life couple. Um, but part of that is the fact that we are a DS relationship. If you take the DS out of that relationship, are we still a couple? I would suggest no, but I wouldn't like to try and find out. (laughs) (laughs) Our relationship is based on DS. I think, you know, just from my observation, it's removing some of the confusion that perhaps couples have, you know, when they're trying to figure out their roles in a home. Yeah. You both clearly have defined roles and you both look in love. And so I'm thinking, you know, just from the standpoint of the bliss bringers is not only just uh, broaden the minds of kinksters and swingers, but in couples in general, what happens with the communications and the breakdown when there isn't a communication. Yeah. Well, it is all about communications. Georgia and I do talk. You know, it's not that she can't talk to me. We do talk. We do communicate. If she doesn't like something, I'll usually hear about it. <laughs> but what we don't have is the sulking for three days before I hear about it. She'll come and she'll speak to me. For example, if she feels I'm in the wrong, if it's urgent or immediate, then she'll tell me right there and then this. There might be an issue with that. Should we do something else? Blah, blah, whatever it might be. If it's not something that's immediate and urgent, then she'll talk to me about it privately. And we'll discuss it as two adults. But ultimately, you know, in some cases, it might be the wrong decision, but I will still make it just to see what happens. And I I will simply say, I understand everything that you're saying, and I don't disagree with you. However, my decision is this, and that is final. And that's my right to make. 
within our relationship. We do have certain protocols that we follow. Some of them are quite well known within the DS scene. Georgia doesn't get to use furniture um, around the house in general for dinner. Usually we have it together at the dinner table. Um, and we do, we eat together, but she will always pull my chair out for me. I will always eat first, but um, I cook the meals. I love cooking. Very nice. Georgia cleans up. So that's my right. I, I, I am going to cook. I will do that if I wish to. We'll eat together at the dinner table. Sometimes Georgia's food might be put on the floor for her. That does happen occasionally. You do tie my hair back when you do I that. I usually tie her hair back for her when I do that. I'm being generous. Um, <laughs> but, for example, when we're sitting watching TV mm. or anything like that, Georgia sits on the floor at my feet. So, no, she doesn't get to use sofas and And quite and often there's your footstool. Quite often is my footstool. That's right. There are those protocols. Georgia knows in the morning when I get up, I expect to be served a cup of tea. I like a particular type of tea and I like how a particular way it is served like with milk and sugar, etc. Georgia knows how to make my tea. Part mm-hmm. of her job, of course, when we brought um, Jaden into our relationship was to teach Jaden how to make my tea. Um, so is there a hierarchy then further with Jaden? Absolutely. Georgia is her superior, for want of a better word. Jaden defers to, to always to me, of course. I'm her mistress. But she also defers to Georgia in that Georgia is the higher-ranking Submissive, mm-hmm. the alpha submissive, mm-hmm. the alpha slave. What's the difference between a slave and a submissive, as was once described to me by a very interesting man. We love him dearly. Who's American? Um, Jack uh. Lamella. As, as he said, submissive is a verb. Slave is a noun. Slave is an actual naming word. Mm-hmm. So I actually refer to my girls as my slaves. In that hierarchy, therefore, Georgia will teach Jaden. That's also my expectation. If Jaden serves me bad tea... That falls on Georgia, not on Jaden, because my expectation is that Georgia will have taught Jaden how to make my cup of tea. And rule one is it's always the puppy's fault. That's right. Rule one is it's always the puppy's fault. Rule, rule one is actually it's all, the mistress is always right. Rule two is when in doubt, see rule one. Um, a lot of this stuff comes from old school ways of the lords and ladies of the manor and the servants and all right. that type of thing. A lot of it comes from that. A lot of BDSM people watch Downton Abbey the TV show and love watching <laughs> yeah love watching all the protocols within that because it is actually quite a good description of a traditional what we call old guard BDSM household and the the hierarchies within that household so what does it bring for you your you role in the DS what do you get out of it I'm a pleaser I like to please people and that's the best way to describe that it brings you pleasure it brings me pleasure to bring other people pleasure and be that serving them their tea a specific way because they know they enjoy it or rubbing their feet or mm-hmm. just being their quiet little pet at their feet in the evening while they watch TV. That's something I know Miss enjoys. That pleases me that I'm pleasing her. Like a massage therapist. They make sure that person that they're touching is going into a relaxed state yep. and they enjoy doing that. It's, mm-hmm. it's more of pleasuring. I think it's romantic. <laughs> It can be. In our household, I love Georgia, and I freely admit that. And that is, our, we have a loving relationship. Other households um, in BDSM, it's a different form of love. It may not be as a life partner love relationship, but it's still an incredibly strong bond between dominant and slave. Can I ask you on your other slave and mistress relationships? Yes. Is it also introducing romance, or is it more built on principles and dominant I think it has started that way. I have no doubt that she loves me, um, and I love her. She loves Georgia as well, very much so. We are a threesome, and as our time builds together, Mm -hmm. 
you know, that bond is only going to be stronger. Which is the same as happened between Georgia and I. You know, it wasn't an instant, oh, I've fallen in love with you. You know, our, our bonds have, have a built couple of over weeks time. Yeah, <laughs> at least a couple of weeks and a few whackings. There was the instant uh, adoration type, so not instant, but you know, that immediate understanding that we had a connection mm. that. Mm-hmm. could go somewhere so and we've taken the time to to nurture that and, and grow it so and that's you know six nearly six years later this yep. is the end result i still keep coming back you do you've got a key to a door and yet she still keeps coming back can you tell us the different scenes like the bdsm scene poly swinger how does that relate together in australia or in, in the local area Sure. Many people within the BDSM scene are poly. That's not unusual. So those two areas actually do slide in quite well. We are in a poly family ourselves. We have um, another girl in our family. She's actually just joined a few months ago. Um, Congratulations. Thank you very much. And we've been, we've been looking for a while and she fits our dynamic very, very well. Yeah, that's going wonderfully. So. Can you expand on that? How the, uh, the poly relationship is between the three of you? Okay, so again, within a BDSM context, so myself as the head of the household, mm-hmm. um, we call ourselves Evil Girls Inc. <laughs> um, and our motto is world domination, one girl at a time. I love it. <laughs> so um, Evil Girls Inc. And we have our venue called Evil Girls HQ. We run monthly parties and we also have regular other events that we hold, girls only parties rope days, things like that. So Jaden, her role basically has to come in. Obviously, Georgia is my prime partner Mm -hmm. um, and is my alpha um, in the hierarchy. And then Jaden has come in, so very much in a role of assisting Georgia. Mm. Um, You know, that fits in very, very well. It gives Georgia some assistance in looking after me. (laughs) Oh, are you saying you're high maintenance? Absolutely. (laughs) I wouldn't agree with you there. No, 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 no. You got to see Georgia's face. <laughs> you got something to say there? No, no, no. <laughs> so, you know, but just with our household duties and things like that. She lives in Brisbane, so she lives about an hour's drive from here. Oh, okay. Um, but she spends most weekends with us. Uh, this weekend she had her own personal commitments already, so she's not down here this weekend. But usually she'll be down here from Friday night until Monday morning, and she'll go home back to work first thing Monday morning. During that time, she helps out with the housework, does things around the house. We may play, we may not, you know, all that type of thing. A lot of people assume that anyone in a 24-7 DS relationship it's just constant play, but it's not. No. Not at all. It depends how you define play. This, one of the things that I get quite flustered about is people confusing BDSM play and DS. The two things can be related, but they often, you can have DS dynamics without any BDSM play effectively. Well, doing the laundry can be part of the DS. It can, it's, more, it's specifically part of the DS, whereas if you have a, a rope scene or a caning scene, that's your BDSM play. So you can do DS without BDSM. And you do BDSM play with others. Yes, absolutely. I play quite regularly with other people. Um, Are you volunteering, <laughs> Reverend John? You got a cute tushy. I don't know. Miss doesn't play with She's boys. She's scary. You have to see his butt. It looks like a girl's. It's nice and tight. Oh, that's not too bad. As long as it's not hairy. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, no. No hairy asses in my household. Excellent. Good to hear. So then, you know, so poly relationships are quite common within the BDSM scene in Australia. Some BDSMers are also swingers. But in the past, a lot of, particularly here in southeast Queensland, a lot of our venues were where we would go to a swingers club on one specific night, which would be their kink night, their BDSM night. And we, you know, we would go along there as, um, sometimes they would close it and only have
have it for the BDSM people. Other clubs would have a combined BDSM and swingers night. And there have been difficulties when there have been a combined night. Mm. Um, in my own experience, I've had, um, I was a submissive for many, many years. No um, way. Yes, actually. <laughs> yes, really. I'm having a hard time <laughs> believing this. Some people do nowadays for some funny reason. Um, I don't. <laughs> oh, hang on, I do. Mm. It's one of those things, though. I know all the tricks, you see. <laughs> I guess you have to learn that. it from both sides. You know how they you, say you don't have to, but a lot of people do. That's a, a very common saying in the BDSM scene: is oh, to be a good top, you have to be a bottom first. No, you don't. I can name a couple of excellent tops. You know, some amazing people who have never, ever, ever bottomed and never will. So you know, but look, I honestly believe it is a good grounding. You know, for most people. You know, as a submissive in that situation, I've been touched at swingers events. Um, hmm. Without permission. Literally someone just coming up and I was actually blindfolded, gagged, pallet wrapped and my mistress of the time had turned her back for a second and there was this guy there touching me. Oh, that would be creepy. Extremely. Was this at a club or a private party? This was at a swingers club. At a swingers club. Yes. Is that club still around? No. No. Bye-bye. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, at other events, I've had nights where, you know, for example, I've been tying up Georgia and someone will just walk up going, oh, wow, that rope work is so intricate. It's amazing. And start touching her right. without coming to me first and asking, may I please touch the ropes? It is beautiful. So that is something we actually find quite often and invariably we prefer if, if there are going to be BDSM nights held within a swingers event, that they're a swingers venue, that they're a separate event. Mm. You know, and that way, generally, you'll get a few swingers who will come along, but usually they will be the ones who actually are interested in what we do, rather than they've just come along for one of their nights and seen us doing our things. I've had, at the combined nights, I've had swingers sitting outside holding a conversation about the freaks inside. Oh. Yeah, which was not particularly pleasant for us. I'm so glad that we haven't had that situation. That's great if you haven't. That yeah, is I would, you know, that would just turn my stomach if I heard someone in the alternative lifestyle calling mm. someone else in a lifestyle a freak. Yeah. Because you know, we're known as freaks. What I usually say in, in other events is, you know, there's a bunch of people here who are exquisitely trained in delivering pain. <laughs> Think twice before pissing them off. Yep. Oh, that's yep. so true. Absolutely. <laughs> but the, the interesting thing about the touching thing is, is my understanding of swingers' uh, rules, that is one of their own rules as it well. Is. You don't touch without permission. So, And we've often had that as an excuse, oh, we didn't understand your rules, but they in fact do because they're exactly the same rules. They as are the same rules. Yeah, you can't touch without permission. Yep. But there are stragglers and it's not the private parties. It's normally a club that yes. has allowed a few select single men. I haven't had couples crossed over that boundaries. I've been really fortunate, but I'm sure it depends on the clubs that, you know, you visit. We've just been very The people lucky. who are calling us freaks sitting outside drinking were all female. Really? Really. There were about six girls sitting out there at one particular table. And of course, we're all, it was the outdoor area for smoking, so there were a lot of people out there. And there were, you know, a lot of us were out there and they're sitting in the table in the middle discussing the freaks. Uh, see, that's really unfortunate. That's yep. when it's a time for education. It's just like, you know, the vanilla world calling us a slut. At one point in my yeah. life, I would find that very offensive. Now I wear that with pride going, yep. you know, it's taken me 50 years to get to that point. <laughs> my point of view is if you're not pissing anybody off or freaking anybody out, then you're not partying hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. 
<laughs> yeah, I can kind of understand that. Absolutely. Coming from the European. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how many years have you both been in the BDSM world and how long in your DS relationship? I often get asked, you know, when did you find an interest in BDSM? My answer to that is I was tying myself up at five years old. Tying myself up in my bedroom with whatever, dressing gown cords, you know, things like that. Were you doing Just, legs yeah, and legs, arms? Yeah, legs, legs and arms, whatever. I, I don't really remember it quite so clearly from five years old. Um, but yeah, I do remember instances of that happening. By the time I was, by the time I hit puberty, I was already doing what we call self-suspensions. So I was hanging myself up upside down from available beams, manholes, whatever was available. Um, mom. Yeah. Yeah. When she found out, I, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Did she walk in on you? No, thank goodness. <laughs> I was pretty careful about not getting caught, but found my stash of ropes and, and magazines and things. So Some kids play with matches. matches. Yeah. <laughs> this was back before the days, of course, of the internet, so everything was written down. You know, there were yeah, magazines yeah, and yeah. things like that. I got involved in the BDSM scene in the late 90s. I started chatting in a website called alt.com, and from there kind of met people online in there. Yeah. Um, and also in the days of IRC chat, you know, Merck and things like that. BDSM Rebels Room. You're bringing uh, Reverend John back to the old days. Back to the old days. I can still remember some of the, the old IRC codes. <laughs> Did you do that? Yeah. You're such a little freak. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. We like being freaks. Um, and so from there, I got out and about. So yeah, late 90s, early 2000s was when I started coming out in the BDSM scene here in southeast Queensland. I used to travel a lot to Sydney as well during the early 2000s and play down there. Um, Is it a big a scene in Sydney? Very much so, yes. Yeah. And that time, it was much bigger than southeast Queensland. And when I say southeast Queensland, that's the area defined as Brisbane, Gold Coast and Toowoomba. Uh, initially as a submissive and in about 2003, I think it was, 2004, I I met my first play partner as a dominant. Mm. As a top. So a friend, a friend of mine who convinced me to tie her up and suddenly I had this puddle at my feet, quite literally. She just dropped to the floor. She was that, she enjoyed it that much. Yeah. And this giant door opened within me and that was it. No going back. Um, within six months I had completely given up playing the submissive role. Yeah. Um, and had she crossed dominant. over. I crossed, I went to the dark side. Yeah. The very dark the side. The very dark yeah, side. Chocolate. <laughs> oh, we make it. Um, yummy chocolate. <laughs> Body painting. And from there, actually, I haven't thought about that one with that chocolate. Anyway, yeah, thank you for that idea. And then Georgia and I um, were introduced by friends in 2007. First met, we started chatting online in about October 2007. We first met in the week between Christmas and New Year. Oh. And, <laughs> and we became exclusive partners from February of, so a couple of months later. We broke all the rules. We have all these things that we say, you know, on a first date, meet in a public place. Don't go to someone's house the first time you meet them. Don't play on a first date. All those things to keep you safe because, you know, what we do in BDSM, it can be dangerous if you don't keep control. Right. And emotionally. So, yeah, emotionally and physically. Yeah. Um, you know, meeting someone who you've never met before that you've only chatted to over the internet, you don't know if they're an axe murderer or not. Or a dog. Or a dog. Did you yes. say a dog? Yeah. <laughs> On the internet, nobody knows if you're a Ruff. dog. <laughs> George is my... Or, or, or a puppy. puppy. I am a puppy, so that, that's one of my other roles. Aww. I love playing a puppy. So we met, we literally, yeah, we met, she came to my house, we played all on the first date. Oops. There goes the rules. There goes the rules. And I kept coming back, so she kept me. It's the tea. She likes the tea. 
Well, that was 2008 we got together. That was 2008 we got together exclusively and we've been together ever since. And oh. living together for four years now? No, three. 2010. April. Yes, April 2010. That's right. My birthday, 2010. Fantastic day. Yeah. And then how long have you been in the DS role? Was it before or is this the first time? This is my first foray into the DS scene, into the BDSM scene as such. But my interest in BDSM, I guess it's one of those things we didn't understand what it was when we were at that age. But I was 11 and I'd fallen down the side of my bed which was up against a wall and I was cocooned in the sheets and the duna cover and blankets and as I was wiggling to try and escape I had my very first orgasm so that was the, that was the instant connection for me between BDSM and uh, and sexual pleasure so so do you like to be curled up with blankets uh, yeah, well, the, the, the mummification part of it. I, I, I'm guessing that's where that particular kink came from. For Eleven me. years old. Eleven years. Good girl. Except usually nowadays it goes a bit further than just it goes a bit sheets. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's usually extra layers. Like one time I asked Miss, uh, I'd never had experienced a straight jacket, and I said to Miss, "Can I please experience a straight jacket?" She goes, "Certainly." So next thing I know, I'm wearing a straight jacket, which is a little bit too small for me, which makes it quite uncomfortable. She then swaddled me in a sheet, very, very tight. Yeah. Then she did a diamond tie and rope and then tied me down to the bed, six points on the bed. I wasn't going anywhere. So that was my introduction to a straight jacket. Did you have a smile on your face? I think it was more of a blee look, wasn't it? <laughs> bliss. We say bliss. It's blissful. The fact of when we met, we break all the rules. To put a little bit on that so listeners don't think we're complete idiots. <laughs> That word will do. <laughs> two people actually introduced us were two friends we each had, which we didn't know that the other person knew each other. So they both were saying, hey, you should meet this person and you should meet that person. So we were we were reasonably confident. Each of us weren't axe murderers when we first met. So. At least you have the same friends. Yeah. 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 Two completely different sets of mutual friends. Yeah. Like they don't even know each other. It was the universe going, hey, you two, now, now. get together. Yeah. Paying attention. Yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, in your own words, what are you guys trying to achieve? You've got your evil girls and the headquarters. What are you guys wanting to do with, in your mission? Take um, over the world, one girl at a time. <laughs> yeah, world domination, one girl at a time. We do, we don't make any. And what are you doing with these girls? <laughs> Wait, are there bodies? <laughs> no, we unfortunately we don't. Yeah, we don't have a garden anymore. We live in a warehouse. Um, <laughs> This is a great place because you've got you. your playground yes. right below us. Yep, and then you it. have this beautiful living space up here. Yeah, we, we do love our home. Look, honestly, we wanted to create a venue for those people like us who like to play. Although DS is very much ongoing and it, it's intimate and it's part of our everyday life constantly, you know, the play side of things is lots of fun. And we wanted to create a play space. There hasn't been a good play space in the Gold Coast area for quite a few years now because just venues got closed down the usual things that happen politics politics yes the council love it. the council basically started a campaign against any uh, swingers clubs um, and were closing them down under whatever rules they could find right to close them down so our venues were gone we had been talking about it for a long time and pretty much it just everything fell into place at the right time the lease on the house we were leasing at the time was falling due we 
had the financial ability to be able to do it at that time. We went, let's just see what's out there. And we were kind of thinking about getting a big house so that we could just use it as a house party. Mm-hmm. We'd always kind of muttered about the fact that we'd love just to live in a dungeon with an attached bedroom and kitchen. This is perfect. This is pretty much what we've it's got. It. It's a warehouse it's it. with a kitchen and, a, and an area. So we started looking at warehouses and this one popped up online in one of our local you know, real estate uh, websites. Yeah. And so we, we came and had a look at this and went, wow, this would work. So we then went, well, there's got to be other stuff out there. We looked at a number of warehouses, but the, this one, the first one we looked at actually was the best suited. This is a um, great place. Yeah, we do love it. Square and, footage is great. Yep. Got, and it's good for the toys that Georgia makes. Yes, Georgia makes all of our equipment. And yeah, it's a wonderful space. So as we said on our opening night, we want this to be a community space. It is here for our community. And that's why we try and do a variety of different parties here. Our monthly party, when we started up, it was literally the only party being held at that time. Mm-hmm. Now we're about 18 months ago now. Since then, we've had this explosion um, and we now literally every single weekend have a BDSM party. Do I hear um, rain? Yes, you do. <gasps> it really rains in Australia. It does. Woo! Yeah. In the US, they don't believe us that it, it rains. Big, there was a big storm coming in earlier, actually. We were watching it, big black clouds coming oh, that's in. That's right. Um, this is exciting. Got, rain. We're subtropical, so we get a lot of rain. This is winter at the moment. Yeah. Um, usually, our storms happen in summer. So, we, because of our subtropical climate, we get beautiful days during the day, late afternoon, the thunderheads build, bang, we get a big thunderstorm, rain, heavy rain, and then it'll be gone by the morning. Ah, this is exciting. So, are you looking for more minions? <laughs> oh, we love minions. We have our party, we have um, 80 people attend. We s- usually sell out every month um, and it's wonderful. We love people coming along and playing. We're here to play and we really enjoy that. So, you know, most people find us through our website, www.evilgirlshq.com.au. Um, you know, that's the way they usually find us. We have actually set our settings so it's very difficult to Google us. Um, and that's very deliberate. So you actually need the website link. Or you find us through FetLife. FetLife is basically Facebook for kinksters, for those who don't know it. And we love it. Uh, most kinksters around the world now are on FetLife. And all the events are there. So all of our events are promoted there. Um, our Rope Centric, which is our, um, our rope day that we have here, which is tomorrow. Usually the third Sunday of the month, our evolution party, which is um, on the second Saturday night of the month. And then other parties we hold from time to time, women's only events. We have workshops. We're lucky enough to have had um, international guest presenters coming in and presenting workshops on rope bondage, on DS relationships, on spirituality in the dungeon. Um, we've had some amazing international people come here and teach, you know, teaching our community about itself. So do you also have the workshops for one-on-one, so the people that are just dipping their toes into it? Absolutely. Yes, we do. We hold workshops on a, a regular basis, but not necessarily a specific dates and times. We, we run all sorts of workshops here. Um, and luckily, the other venues that have started up recently have also been getting into that education area. So, you know, there's literally Flogging 101, mm-hmm. um, Needles 101, um, you know, Bondage 101, things like that. You know, as our rope workshop, for example, tomorrow, basically we open up the space for all the people who love rope or want to learn rope and I'll spend an hour or two hours um, of the four hours teaching the basics um, and then just letting people practice that. Other people who already know a lot about rope will come along just for the fun of enjoying the rope and playing with it with other people. 
You've been doing this for many years. Have you considered writing a book? Yes and no. I've considered it and then gone, no. <laughs> if only you had a minion to help you. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. A, I need a writer minion. Okay, let's find one. <laughs> we might know one. <laughs> so if there's one thing that you want people to take away from this, besides that there's some kinky Australians down under, what would it be? Oh, there's lots of kinky Australians down under. If you're coming from a swinging environment into a BDSM environment, my main thing would simply be be polite and enjoy yourself. You know, have fun and meet people and don't expect everything to happen immediately. We tend to be probably a little more standoffish because of what we do to people. Um, and so we tend to not want to just leap in and play with people at the first you know, sight. So, yeah, but, you know, just have fun and enjoy yourself and, and be polite and respectful, just like, just like we are in normal society, really. Otherwise, Major Olive. Oh, you do not want to meet Major Olive. She's a very scary woman. Uh, so I think that was good advice in any situation. And I would like to thank all of you. <laughs> thank you. For your time. Thank you. And George's delicious coffee. Well, thank you. <laughs> and thank you for the opportunity to speak to your listeners. You're welcome. Mistress Cindy, what are you counting? Eight, nine, ten. I'm counting the number of Blitzbringer listeners who registered for their free trial membership with Casey and Lifestyle Lounge, the two most popular adult social websites for adventurous, sexy-minded couples and singles. Whoa, did you say free trial memberships with Casey and Lifestyle Lounge? Mm-hmm, and you know my kitty purrs when she hears the word free. When our listeners register for KCD.com and Lifestyle Lounge through our website, they receive free trial memberships to the best adult dating websites with kick-ass calendars of events, parties, and exotic adventures. Way more fun than those boring singles-only websites. So how do our friends register for KCD and Lifestyle Lounge? It's easy as one, two, three. Either go to our website and click on KCD and Lifestyle Lounge banner ads or open our browser window and type in KCD. That's K-A-S-I-D-I-E dot Blissbringers dot com. Follow the directions for the new members. Create a username. Create profile and share a picture or two. Nothing too revealing because you got to leave some room for my naughty imagination. Then voila, you're ready to socialize and meet new friends. And for Lifestyle Lounge, go to LifestyleLounge dot Blissbringers dot com. Create a username and profile. Add a photo. And you're done. And as a special bonus, between now and November 30th, 2013, the first four listeners to submit an iTunes review for Blissbringers will receive a full one-year membership from Lifestyle Launch. Please add the word pleasure somewhere in your feedback. This special offer is for new memberships only. We appreciate you helping us out by going to itunes.blissbringers.com and leaving a review. This will help the Blissbringers podcast be found more easily by others looking for sexy adult topics. Quel est votre plaisir? And that's all that we have time for this week in terms of naughty Australian adventures. If you want to know more dirty secrets, you can find us on blissbringers.com, where you can also find our Twitter links, our Facebook, our voicemail, and a whole bunch of other stuff for you to 
like or click or lick or whatever call you want. or whatever you want to do with it. Just just wash up afterwards. <laughs> Anyhow, bluesbringers.com. Go there. Until next time. What's your, your pleasure? pleasure. All names mentioned in this show are either fictional, taken from public record, or held by people who have given their explicit consent to be mentioned. Okay, whatever you feel comfortable with. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable. I, I've lost my self-esteem. I can't do it now. <laughs>